coming up on the InStuff podcast. There's supposedly something like two different, two different, two million podcasts <laughs> in the world. There's two podcasts you can choose from. It's either this one or Dark Winter Nights. Those are the only two you need to know. <laughs> oh, gosh. All that and more than you could ever dream to ask for coming up next on the InStuff podcast. The InStuff podcast is brought to you by ScratchBand, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, ScratchBand's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. ScratchBand. More information at scratchband.life. Kristen. Uh, <laughs> what is that laugh for? Because this is how we start every podcast with me asking you how you're doing, even though I know fully well how you're doing. I guess I'm doing this for the benefit of the audience. It's true, because we've been talking for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a really, it's a super warm day. It is. Unusually warm for December in Fairbanks. Yeah. The temperature has jumped like 45 degrees around my house and maybe more in town like i 50. predicted this two episodes ago where it was sad that it was cold uh -huh. but i knew there was going to be another at least one more warm spell yeah so i'm going to try and do an oil change on my car this week you have to strike while the iron is 25 degrees or warmer so <laughs> <clears throat> yeah since i don't have a garage i have to do it laying in the snow oh i mean that's it's good it's like cryotherapy yeah Only you're actually working right it's, it's all good, but yeah, but it's gray. We're getting close to the darkest time of the year. It's light from like, what, 9.45 to... No, it's 10 Is something it 10 that the sun comes Ugh. up. Yeah, and it goes down at like 3.30ish. Well, it's 3.30 right now. The sun is no more. it's well done, so yeah. it's about probably 3. Yeah, so it's a bit of a psychologically testing time here but we've got holidays to look forward to and break and so if we can just muscle through for a little while i love i love how enthusiastic you sound yeah i'm not it's 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 a challenging time your eyes are i'm not saying excited about much right now <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> but i am excited to talk about podcasts i do have kind of a funny story so one of the ways that i try and push through the difficult times is I find it very rewarding to get the stuff done. So as you know, like my house has been tidied up pretty good. There's mm -hmm. not as much junk laying around. I put together my home theater again so I can enjoy that because that was all torn out for a while. 
And one of the things that I took care of this weekend too, maybe you saw the remnants of it in in my attractive trash pile out down by my door. I wasn't actually looking through your trash when I was waiting for you to open the door. Good. Most people (laughs) somehow they just get tunnel vision and they don't even see all the junk for the, for the dump that I leave out there. But I had this, um, pressure tank that blew up on me. Um, I think that was part of my last spring. Everything broke in my house at once. Yeah. I can't remember that that might've broken a while ago. But it was an old thing for an old well that I don't use anymore. And it was just sitting there in this compact utility closet that, that I just needed to cut the copper pipes and pull it out. And not that much work. And finally, yesterday, I was like, okay, I, I need to get something done to help improve my mood. And this is a lingering one. It's just been dribbling a little bit of water. Nothing bad or harmful, but just annoying me. Like, this needs to come out. So I'll pop it out. And then I already had the caps for it, but I don't have any torch for doing the soldering necessary. Oh, you knew somebody that did metal. Work. It only crossed my mind right now. Like, <laughs> just literally as we were just coming out, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably could ask Kristen for that. <laughs> oh well. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to put the caps on. It's not that much water and uh, see how it holds. And the one coming from the well is fine. Water doesn't seem to be coming from there. But for some reason, water is coming back through the other end of the pipe, which is plugged into the, the rest of the house hmm. system, but it's, this should, should be shut off, but maybe there's something wrong with that shut off valve. So I was like, well, it's not that much water. So I put the cap on it. <laughs> and I'm like upstairs working in the kitchen and all of a sudden I hear, bam. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like a water, enough water pressure built up that it shot this cap off the pipe. Oh my god! So I go down there. I'm like, oh man. So I put it on again. I thought, <laughs> well, this time I'm going to use like some poster putty. Oh god! And I'm really going to hold this thing on there. I'm really going to jam it on there. Good. I love that you're just making it a more high pressure situation. <laughs> exactly. I'm making like a <laughs> potato gun in this closet. <laughs> so I put the cap on there a little while again. Bam! <laughs> I was like, all right, we're just going to let that dribble into a bucket for a while until I can get my hands on an actual torch to uh, solder this thing. I'll just come with one. Please Please come with a torch next week. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Or I have an even better idea. Guess what you're going to get for Christmas? All I really need, I think I have propane canisters. I just need that torch topper for a propane canister. So, yes, that's a great Christmas idea. Perfect. Prior to this, the last time I did plumbing, I used a kitchen torch, the thing that you, like, used to make creme brulee. Because <laughs> it was the only thing we had. It did not work well. <laughs> I would not recommend. The kitchen torch is great for caramelizing sugar, but not great for soldering pipes. Yeah, you're not going to braise very much with no, that. No, that was a mess. But... Anyway, so that's a little jovial moment for my otherwise bleak life right now. Oh, it's it's the, big, <laughs> it's the height of the holiday season. It is. And I have so much to be thankful for. You have a holiday special that is coming out. I have out. a holiday Christmas TV special and all sorts of stuff coming out on mm-hmm. the public television station for my Dark Winter Night show. That's pretty exciting. Yes. So, yeah things to look forward to you have lots to look forward to i gratitude is the key to contentment yes and i try and be grateful but my brain just sometimes <laughs> is not in the mood <laughs> are you grateful for anything right now i'm grateful for everything yes 100%. that's why you're so doggone cheerful all the time well 
I've just been beat down by life so hard. <laughs> That's true. I'm it's all relative. for like sleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple things. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thankful for podcasts right yeah. now. And that happens to be the topic that you chose for this week. What was it? that made you pick podcasts as I wanted to make a podcast about podcasting. I can't believe we've had so many episodes already and we haven't done something meta. Next week we'll talk about microphones and <laughs> then we'll talk about cables. Oh gosh. We'll no. talk about headphones. All the elements, yes. Many of. years ago, I was excited about podcasting when podcasting was new. I mean, on a date that comes to mind, oh, I should have actually looked at some of my old notes, as like... 2010 which is mm. still you know not super off. early but mm -hmm. early enough i think 2010 maybe 2012 but you know at that time nobody else was on board they're like why don't why do we want to do this and we're always looking at these things through the lens of education and it was you know challenging to get people on board but it was back in a day when people were also on board with RSS. So it was kind of a little bit easier mm. to explain how things were working. Mm -hmm. And now there's just podcast everywhere and the process is super simple, but it's hard to, I think it's more difficult to explain technically what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And for those who aren't familiar, RSS doesn't really stand for anything from what I understand, but it, it, the people tend to refer to it as real simple syndication and it's a way of knowing when a website updates. So it's sort of like subscribing to a website yeah, and get a notification. So that's how you'd know when there was a new audio piece out mm -hmm. because the RSS feed would be like, hey, here you go. Something and you still, it still kind of works that way. But mm. many people now are like, I don't know what that is. Can mm -hmm. I just make a podcast? And then you have to explain like, this right. is what happens behind the scenes. And this is why these things are important. I don't necessarily want to talk about the technical aspects of this. Mm -hmm. I figured... Since you've had a podcast forever, <laughs> that uh, you would be a great person. 2014. Yeah. yeah. Seven years, I guess. Yeah. It's, that's a long time. They would be great to just kind of talk about the ins and outs and mm -hmm. like, you know, what got you started and yeah. how, how you kind of found the voice for your podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I'm curious to just talk about the podcasts that you have found that are fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How much do you know about the history of podcasting? I mean, I don't officially know the history. I know that um, Twitter came from an early podcasting platform mm. when it was way back in the day. And I remember Odeo um, when it was Odeo and it kind of has fallen by the wayside. But part of Odeo's, you know, internal development was the, was the Twitter platform. Mm. Um, so I know that, and I've been listening to podcasts for a long time, and I haven't endeavored on my own really until this one. I've, you know, talked to people about it, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I I found a, a pretty cool video about the history of podcasting. It's tricky, you know, something as big as podcasting, anytime you search, you get a whole bunch of <laughs> podcasts about history and all this sort of stuff, but I did find one good one that we'll link to, and it talked it i've forgotten that this was an apple invention that's thus the pod from the ipod and so i don't know i thought this i had forgotten that they are you know we owe them credit for creating podcasting as uh steve jobs referred to it as sort of the tivo of radio which doesn't mean much to us today but back then 
was a way of explaining that this is a, how you can take something that normally was a a sort of schedule-based entertainment and enjoy it whenever you want. So with TiVo, you could do that with TV, basically record TV shows and watch them on your own time. And now you could do that with radio rather than having, you know, like I loved a lot of um, sort of national public radio type programming and you have to tune in at just the right time. When it's done, it's done. Right. You know, I remember listening to the radio on Saturday mornings while I did yard work and you're like, oh, I caught the show I like, but oh, now it's the show I don't like. So I guess I'm just not going to listen anymore. Or I'm going to listen to something else. So credit due to Apple for creating this. I think people got super sick of updating iTunes. I do remember that you used to be able to, I used to listen to podcasts on iTunes and I got so sick of updating it. I stopped at mm. some point when there was an alternative and quickly purged it from my mind until mm. you just mentioned it now. Yeah. There was that time when it was combined with iTunes and then they, they split with their own podcasting app. I yeah. remember that. And then before then you could certainly listen to old episode or to other episodes online, but there was no real automation to it. I think I remember like personally playing and recording or something because I, I would love listening to This American Life and like to go listen to the old episodes, but it was, you know, either had to like sit by your computer or I would go through some great links to record them myself so I could listen to them as MP3s or something, you know, it was very or go through a bunch of conversion. So it was pretty tedious. And so podcasting just made that all automated and easy. And so it's been around then for about 16 years. And I, um, yeah, for me, it was This American Life was, was the, the main one that got me going. And I just listened to it relentlessly. I was diehard into podcasts for quite a few years this american life is ira glasses deal right mm -hmm. yep and he it strikes me that he has a, a very distinct storytelling style too and i'm curious if if that might be a hook for you oh absolutely i i just wanted to make stories just like that yeah and i ended up kind of getting a little way oh finding i i like to think my own style um, instead, but that's definitely what I was going for in the early days of, of my podcast. But, uh, a major boon for podcasting in general was the show serial, which is a spinoff from this American life where they took sort of like, you know, <laughs> TV shows, you know, I've been watching a lot of Knight Rider cause it's just kind of what my brain is capable of processing right now. <laughs> and I, again, I just love the idea of having a relationship with my car. <laughs> they really got my number on that and solving crimes with my car. But anyway, um, those, those originally TV episodes, each one was self-contained. There was zero, basically zero carryover other than characters, zero carryover from one episode to the other. And that's the way a lot of podcasts were. Serial was different in that each episode was a little bit more information on the same subject, which I, if I recall correctly, the first serial was about a, uh, a murder case and a kid who was convicted for it, and they're trying to determine if he's really guilty or not. And so anyway, serial was huge for podcasts, major uh, explosion in, in interest in podcasts. And now, I mean, I just did a quick search. I'm sure it's hard to tell, but there's supposedly something like two different, two different, two million podcasts <laughs> in the world. 
There's two podcasts you can choose from. It's either this one or Dark Winter Nights. Those are the only two you need to know. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, everyone's got a podcast. And the reason why is because there's such a low barrier to entry, which is really pretty cool. You in feel some like ways. now we're in, remember when blogging had its heyday and everybody had a blog? Mm-hmm. And you feel like yeah. that's happening for podcasts now? Yeah. And I, I'm curious to see, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but I've sort of moved on from podcasts. I don't listen to that many anymore. Really? Yeah, I just listen to music. Huh. I should. They're often good. But for whatever reason, I I don't know. But I have, you know, a twisted mind. Well, is it just that you haven't heard of anything that catches your interest? Yeah, I mean, there are. there's so many good ones out there. I think some of them, like, just stopped working for me a little bit. Like, This American Life stopped being about American stuff, which is fine. But it got, yeah, there's some really dark episodes of that that kind of turned me off of it. And I I really loved the early days of This American Life and was just, like, super weird, interesting stories. Mm -hmm. And then it started to get kind of dark and a little, the world is a terrible place and... So, but, um, anyway, um, but because I, I did love podcasts a lot, particularly about seven years ago, like a lot of people, when I really enjoy something, I'm often inclined to try and make my own. And so I decided that for, for a variety of reasons that Alaska is particularly popular, has been for quite a while. People want to know what Alaska is like. And I was also irritated by the fact that I felt like companies in the lower 48 were coming up here and trying to present Alaska to the world. And I felt like they were, you know, basically stealing stories out of my backyard. Like I'm a documentary filmmaker. Jerks. Yeah. And I, I can find these stories. I'm here all the time. Why do I, why do I let these other folks come in and, you know, poach stories from Alaska when, when I'm here, I can do it. I can pound the pavement. So basically, I just felt like Alaska should be sharing their own stories. We don't need people from outside to be doing it. Like, let's present Fairbanks and Alaska the way that it it is, you know, a, a realistic portrayal. So, yeah, so I started the Dark Winter Nights podcast and uh, with an accompanying live show. I was going to say, which came first? The live show came first because... I knew that there are so many podcasts. How is anyone ever going to find mine was sort of the feeling. You felt like that way back in the day? Oh, yeah. Even oh, wow. back then. And obviously, there's probably a billion more than there were then. And so I felt that if I was going to get any build any audience for the podcast, I was going to have to drive them there by having a live event and a radio program a local radio program and that hopefully if people liked it, people from Alaska would share it with their friends outside. And so, yeah. And that turned out to kind of work, you know, from we had the first live event. The live event was a great way to record stories that we could then use in the podcast and also on the radio program. So we had our first live event in April of 2014 Mm -hmm. We started on KUAC, our local public radio station, that uh, September with some stories from that first show and some other stuff that I had recorded. And uh, and the two 
and everything kind of grew all together with everything promoting each other. But it also, part of the reason I wanted to start a podcast was because my original, my main area of study is documentary filmmaking. And it's frustrating to hear awesome stories and just be like, well, I can't, I can't share that with anyone because there's no video of that. The vast majority, huge vast majority of stories that people experience are not caught effectively on camera, you know, with like beautiful lighting and great sound. Mm -hmm. So that was felt like a whole gold mine of material that I just couldn't touch. Like, wow, that's an incredible story. People would love to hear that, but I can't make a documentary about that because I'd have to create a reenactment of everything. That's a nightmare and often looks terrible. And part of that came from a, a student of mine who had a pretty amazing story that was captured on camera, but was so dark you couldn't see anything because it happened at night. <laughs> and he showed, I saw him, he showed this video at a, a film festival back when Fairbanks had a film festival. And it, I mean, you could barely see anything. It really wasn't a film. It was radio. And I said, you know what? This is super awesome. I really want to have this story, but I don't know what to do with it. But can I interview you? And can I have the copy of the audio from this video? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I basically started a podcast before I had a podcast. I just created something. And uh, that became one of our, I think is our second ever podcast episode, A Short Trip to Hell, about two high school students who discover a, a manhole a sort of homemade manhole in the woods. Oh, that's even more creepy. And go, I have not listened to the back catalog, apparently. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, that's way back in the day. So one of the downside of podcast providers is they tend to only show recent episodes. And so I'll have to like, I don't know, it's a little bit controversial. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit, anyway, I'll have to have you listen to it. Wait, and you the tell podcast? Me. Or that just... particular episode. Oh, yeah. You? Controversial? Yeah. Seriously. I used the phrase scream like a girl. And uh, <laughs> I got in trouble for that. <laughs> People didn't think that was appropriate. And I was like, well, that's what a girl sounds like. But I was like, oh, it is kind of pejorative to imply that screaming like a girl is not a very masculine thing. But <sighs> the problem is that that whole episode is baked it's so long ago that i don't have any of the original material so to do any editing to it is a nightmare yeah you should and just so, make it obvious yeah there's also a lot of screaming it's pretty amazing so i, 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 I would love for you to listen to it and tell me if you think it's worth <laughs> okay re-uploading to the to the feed i'd be really i'd be interested in hearing if you uh reboot some of your old podcasts mm -hmm. that'd be cool i need to do that and uh, because right now I can only really spit out one a month, and that's September to May. Yeah. Because it also goes on the on the radio show. Buy yourself some time. So if I just rerun back by popular demand. So anyhow, uh, yeah. And so the podcast, the Dark Winter Nights podcast, just kind of plugged away for a while. And I'd go on uh, Google Feed Burner and see. And Feed Burner. It kind of, it's very interesting. I, I'm going to be completely honest and open and forthright. It kind of, you know, built up to something. I think we had around like 1,200 subscribers. And then the New York Times article came out. And then it 
skyrocketed up to 3000 and then it just like tanked down to 700. So you want to talk about like <laughs> life kind of beating you up. Really? <laughs> it's like I kept checking cuz every once in a while it seemed like the feed burner thing was inaccurate like it would have something would just seem off, but that was like wow, 3000 people listen to my podcast and were like, "Nah." No thanks. <laughs> and unsubscribe. Wait. You still have more subscribers than you did before. No, I actually have 500 less from <laughs> than I had before the New York Times article. Mm. And I don't know if it's because I'm not putting out episodes fast enough or they just don't like what it is. Or they just changed the way that they track or these things. Or they changed the way they track them. I mean, every time I'd go on there, it's like 2% is from, you know, Apple podcasts and 98% we have no idea where people yeah. are getting this. So. And it happens too, like the numbers across platforms. Mm. So usually I'll look for us on this podcast, I'll look on Google Podcasts. But if you compare Google Podcast numbers with Castos numbers, because we host our media on Castos mm, versus mm -hmm. Apple podcast numbers, they're wildly divergent. That's what I assumed. Yeah. yeah. But you know more about that than me. I know that they're divergent. I know mm -hmm. that there's just no consistency on how they're tracked. Right. People tend to give the most credence to Apple podcasts, which mm. I find frustrating because I think there's something mm, amiss with how our Apple feed is implemented. Mm. Well, a lot of people don't subscribe through Apple. Right. I don't. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, well, maybe we'll go check somewhere else and maybe I have 40,000 subscribers and Google is just being a jerk to me. Anyway. <laughs> I had a company email me about they wanted to promote their app on our, on our podcast. And they're like, our research shows your podcast is in the top 1%. <laughs> I was like... Can I see that research? Or maybe I'll just tell people yeah. without bothering to do the research because that sure sounds nice. But do you just send that to everybody as like a, like I'm trying sure to, you know, do. pat you on the back, like our research. But then at the same time, it's like YouTube. Like I'm probably in the top 1% of YouTube, but that's because a billion people are posting nonsense most of I the time. I love when algorithms change though, because all of a sudden we start getting emails or subscription notices. Like oh. this past week mm -hmm. on Instagram, all of a sudden we were getting followers. Mm. Um, so hi, if you're a new Instagram follower, I don't know why that was happening. Yeah. All unless right. you were talking about the podcast somewhere else. Yeah. I remember you asking me and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some deliberate marketing. Oh, it's so exhausting to promote yourself, you know, and and to go on social media all the time. It just feels like so much work with very little payoff and yeah. And I and, and there's so many different things that I'm trying to promote. You got this podcast, got Dark Winter Nights, got the, you know, scratch band product that I'm trying to sell and it's just like ah. Can't you just all connect them together as vehicles to promote themselves? That's what I'm yeah. yeah. That's what I should I should just promote one thing. And it's the Roboverse. <laughs> you could make it a Roboverse. A Roboverse. There you go. <laughs> Just consume everything I make, people. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, I mean, one of the reasons there are so many podcasts is because they are wildly cheaper and easier to produce than anything TV-wise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're recording this now on my couch couple of microphones editing wise this show is very low impact for me which it's designed to be that way that's why I, um 
I suggested we do it because I knew if if we can just go through and get it in one take, it's doesn't take a lot of time to edit. And although I have upped my game a little bit because you informed me that the previews is just like the first 10 seconds or whatever of the episode. So right. I decided that shouldn't be a commercial for my product. It should be a little snippet from the show. Right. So now I go through and I look at the waveforms, which is the audio level picture of the audio levels. And I find peaks where we're laughing. <laughs> and then I go and listen to what that, ha- what we did before that. And if it's relatively interesting or related to the topic, then I, right. then I snip that out and throw it at the beginning. <laughs> So, you know, this podcast takes, I don't really watch the clock. I'd say maybe 20 minutes, um, 20 to 30 minutes if if everything goes smoothly. That's amazing. So that's mm-hmm. that's your side of it. When you send me finished audio, I listen the whole way through. Right. So I get, mm-hmm. that's extra time logged. Yeah. And then it'll take me on a good day about 20 minutes to put a post up with, oh, okay. with the wow. audio file. Yeah. So it does take a couple of hours to put together. Yeah, but when you think about it, if we were going to try and make this equivalent to, in a video, you know, thousands of, to make it, you know, of good professional quality, thousands of dollars and potentially more people to run the cameras and lighting and setup and editing and hard drive space and all that stuff. It's it's a t- plus all just the skill, you know, and that's possible because I know how to make a video. But if you don't know how to make a video, right. Your host. So anyway, it's uh, I think it's a beautiful thing in that it it's a, a cool outlet for people that doesn't require a tremendous amount. There's not a huge bar to entry for folks, either in terms of technical quality. I mean, it's a fair amount, but technical quality or gear. It also allows for a lot of very niche subjects to be covered. That's really what I like. Yeah. You don't have to make a profit off of a podcast. You can have yeah. people talking specifically about forging axes mm-hmm. very informally, and they're going to have an audience. Sure. And you would never have access to something like that right. ever before. Yeah. So that audience fragmentation, I mean, we talk about this in the media and culture class, and you look at like the early days of television or newspapers, or, or not newspapers, but magazines, where you have very few going to a very broad audience. And then as technology allows, suddenly there's just like tons and tons and tons. And you can find that exact specific subject that you want to hear about, which is kind of cool. It means we don't have as much common experience, but you know, that's, that is a trade-off. I think there's a convergence also with people adopting uh, on-demand media. So mm. as streaming media became a thing, you know, with Netflix and all the video services where people are just watching television and movies on TV on, on their screens rather that people became more comfortable with podcasting as just one of those ways that you could receive on demand programming. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an interesting thing, phenomena to see happen Mm -hmm. because you know, it was kind of a right place at the right time because early podcasting people, I don't think were really primed mm-hmm. for a podcast. Like I want to listen to this thing when I want to listen to it. Some people, yeah, absolutely. But not everybody was in that, you know, when I'm ready, I'll listen to it. And that's how I'm going to consume it mentality. Yeah. You kind of, I think it's, 
one of those areas where you had to come pre-motivated. Like, I really love this American life. I could not get enough of it. Waiting for each episode, you know, coming out and going to the website. You know, I was going to already some weird links to try and listen to more of the program. So when podcasting came out, like I was primed and ready to experience that. Um, and one of the things the video I watched talk about too was the advent of uh, technology and cars that allows for playing podcasts and cars, connecting your phone yeah. to your car, um, or even just cars being connected themselves, making it easier. You know, I got smart speakers everywhere. I can basically ask my house to play a podcast at any time. But yet, I'm still surprised at the number of people who never listen to podcasts or just like the technical bar is still a little too high. Like my mom does not listen to anything I make. She's, I don't know if she's ever listened to my, my Dark Winter Nights podcast. Oh, she's missing out. I know. <laughs> and her friends will chastise her because she has <laughs> friends who listen, you know, and they're like, I can't believe you don't listen to Dark Winter Nights. And she's just like, eh. <laughs> Man, that's not my thing. <laughs> I just don't really know how to do it. or I, She's just not that interested. Oh. And uh, so anyway, I find that interesting. And, and this is just part of, you know, when you, when you put yourself out there and you, you suggest you have the audacity to think that you have something to say or present that the audience, that the world might want to hear, you get ready to get your butt handed to you. You know, that <laughs> triggered something in my brain when you yeah. said audacity, because it's not just that. I, so my mom, I don't think she listens to this podcast either, but one of very recently I had gotten her a subscription to Audible. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. she, you know, she just read conventionally. Well, yeah. she also read on a Kindle, mm -hmm. um, but she did, wasn't an audiobook person. And when COVID hit, I got her a subscription and she really realized that she liked audiobooks. They are amazing. They're, so, yeah. And then that was that was the leap that I think it took to like, yes, I can see how listening to a story helps me, you know, free my eyeballs to do other things as I'm mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. And, you know, once you're, if you're a person who really needs that, if you're busy and you need to move around, but you still need that mental entertainment, I think that audiobooks and podcasting are perfect because you can still have that either background noise, you know, people watch TV in the background all the time, mm -hmm. or um, actually be engaged with something, somebody telling a story, somebody, you know, right. explaining a process mm -hmm. and move around the world and get things done while you're, it's such a great way to multitask and, you know, eventually forget the thing that you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great because, you know, I have, Living in Alaska, have a lot of outdoor in, in, in a kind of house that needs a lot of updating. A lot of physical labor required around here. And it dawned on me a few years ago that I felt like I could accomplish anything as long as I had a good podcast to listen to. Because yeah. it got my mind off the fact that, you know, I was swatting mosquitoes and chopping wood and, and doing all this brutal outside stuff. As long as I had a, an interesting podcast to get my mind off of what I was doing, sort of like how I have to jog with music. Because I was going to say, is this why you stopped yeah, running? Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's very cool. I think if people just got to taste, especially, man, if you were in a position where you're spending a lot of time in your car, mm -hmm. ugh, audiobooks to a podcast. Because yeah, the radio, radio programming is terrible. Radio programming has gotten so 
homogenized and repetitive. repetitive. There are a lot of commercials. And in my opinion, it lacks a lot of authenticity. It lacks all authenticity. Yeah. It's all just, um, it's pitched to the very, very fake, um, shallow, you know, and this is coming from a guy who worked in radio for a while. You know, then I tried to make it deep, but I got laid off. (laughs) So thanks. Clear channel. (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, so do you want to talk about some of our favorites? Yeah, in a second, before we move away from your experience, because I'm curious, since you started your podcast early, like when you actually got to that decision point, you're like, I need to make a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, What did you have to do to make that happen? Like legitimately, like technically, how did I do it? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because there are people who... Like, I want to make a podcast. How do you do it? Well, I, I had a, a techie friend who sort of looked it up and helped, helped me a bit with it too. But basically, I understood I needed to take these MP3 files, put them somewhere publicly online, and then link to them in a blog post on my website and then have Google FeedBurner basically sort of launder this for <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> so basically I say, Hey Google, I am posting blog posts here with links to audio. Will you tell Apple and other podcast providers when I've done that and where they can find it? And Google's like, sure. And then that's <laughs> how it's done. So I, I'm sure there are better ways to do it, but this is the way I still do it today. I take my episode, I use Hindenburg to edit because I used to be part of, there's a um, basically public radio producers um, forum that I can't remember the name of right now, but just Google it, it'll come up and maybe it'll come to me later. But I asked them like, what's the best gear and what's the best editor for this? And so they suggested the Tascam recorder I don't remember what this particular it's one is. It's a nice is. recorder. It's a decent recorder, but it's not awesome. It's been doing great. Uh, when you remember to hit the button. It's screwed up on us a couple times, <laughs> and I don't true. know how much is it and how much is me. What kind of mic is this? This is a Sure mic. I love this one. I gave myself the nice microphone. <laughs> That's okay. Because I do a lot of voiceover, obviously, with it, too. But I got a Sure microphone, a Tascam, uh, audio recorder, and then I edit in this app called Hindenburg. Which I think it's like a hundred bucks. Oh, really? And the PC and Mac, and it's fine. I don't. Originally, I was editing in Avid, which is a video editing software, because oh, that's what I knew, and I wanted the minimum barrier to entry. I didn't want to learn a whole other software. But then I was like, Avid is not working. It is not designed for editing audio. So I moved over to Hindenburg, and there's parts I like about it. It, you know, it basically it's pretty simplified there's not a whole lot that i've been able to like fancy stuff that i've been able to do with it so it's kind of bare bones but the thing that drives me nuts that they (laughs) still have not added even though i complained to them so you think they'd do something about it sure it won't tell you how long your program is what so i have to edit my radio show for 29 minutes and you know so sometimes i'm coming in i'm like oh i'm you know i'm 45 seconds short 45 seconds long so i got to cut stuff out each time i cut a little something out i have to go back to the end and i don't know any way better than that and that's the, like avid 
absolutely. Every other editor I've ever used is like, this is how long your program is. Right. So that I know, okay, now I got four seconds to go. Stupid Hindenburg. That's crazy. I've used Audacity, mostly mm-hmm. because it's free. Oh, okay. Have Why... why... Why do you not like that one? I haven't used it. Oh, okay. I, this is one of these areas where I am a satisficer. Gotcha. I asked the producers, what's the best? They said Hindenburg. I said, fine. <laughs> I don't, I, if it's the best, why would I mess with anything else? I have not used Audacity. I don't think I've ever used Pro Tools. You know, So I know there are really good editors out there that a lot of people use. And it's just not a priority for me to to mess around with it. I got something that's working. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it's working. So <laughs> not knowing how long the episodes are. Oh, what a, what a, that would be really so annoying, especially when you're like, I need to get this out. I want to get this out as fast as possible. So yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff I could, you know, things. What have I learned about like, you haven't asked me, but I'm asking myself, what have I learned in, in these seven years I've done podcasting? Hey Rob, what have you learned in the last seven years of podcasting? Thanks for asking, Kristen, because one of the things I learned, I tried to <laughs> mimic this American life and how they would like bring music in at a key point in a story to, as a little emphasis and a little break. And I had a producer from um, uh, Snap Judgment. Oh. So this this public radio consortium that I still can't remember the name of had a cool mentorship program where they'd hook you up, you know, connect someone with a, with an established professional field. And so through this, I got to work with her and had her evaluate dark winter nights. And she's like, it sounds like I felt like my ringtone was going off in the middle of the episode. I was like, okay. So I learned, I don't, I don't mess around with that so much anymore. I just play the story through. I don't try and add music anymore. Oh, okay. I don't try and have like a musical interlude in the middle. I just was like, forget it. This doesn't seem to be helping. And part of that goes back to as well, the live events used to have a band performing live on stage. We got rid of that too. Just stick to the sound. Don't make it harder for people to hear by having music mixed in. That was a personal decision of mine. And then... I think I was also scared because I didn't think people would find me funny. So I didn't want to try and be too funny. And then after a while, I was like, eh, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like maybe a little bit more open to letting my own sense of humor and personality come through. So that hopefully, since I'm the one consistent thing from episode to episode, people will start to connect with me a little bit. But a lot of times the episodes come out for public radio, they need to be 29 minutes. And I don't, just don't have time, so I just end up cutting all my nonsense out, and it's just the storytellers. And then generally in, in any sort of time-based storytelling format, whether it's video or audio, you need to let the audience um, take some time to process things. So don't, you know, whenever possible, don't have a whole bunch of material get thrown at them at once. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, I totally agree with that to the point that I felt like I needed to interrupt you. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> to make that point. Yeah. yeah, if your content is too dense, it's hard to absorb. Yeah, I don't know. We might be guilty of that right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, give give people some time 
some pauses to to process what's just been said and uh other than that i don't know i feel like if i knew nothing about podcasting i would definitely try and get hooked up with a with a program that does it automatically because there is a fair amount of technical stuff you've had problems with listening to my podcast and it like doesn't play through mm-hmm. some sort of it's you a know, streaming issue. Streaming issues that I don't get. People say, like, I, I want to listen to more episodes, so I'm irritated with when podcast providers are just like, you're all caught up. And it's like, yeah, but I have 50 radio episodes out there. When they listen to all the new ones, why don't you suggest a slightly older episode yeah. or something? And it's just, I got too many irons in the fire. I, You know, it's hard to keep track of all that. I also... Am growing tired of giving away stuff for free. I feel like you know we got a nod from the New York Times. We have a you know a, a fair amount of listeners on a regular basis. I'm ready to start getting paid for the stuff that I make. So that's something that I want to look into, and and uh, I think my advice to other people would be like you know don't be shy to ask people. You know, I had this very eye-opening conversation with this. Oh, I'm getting a delivery right now. That's why you're pointing out. It's my new Bluetooth headphones, so I can actually talk to people um, with my phone. My AirPods were freaking out. I love how open you are to just stopping mid-sentence to change into a totally unassociated thing that's Well, happening. I can't ignore you when you do, like, there's a car and you do the little point thing. Well, I, I was, can't just you know, let it go. I was just giving you a signal. Yeah. Like, you could have, yeah. I think that's funny. <laughs> also, when I make a face and you're like, why are you laughing? I ignored when you looked like you were falling asleep. You were doing a slow blink thing earlier. And I was like, was I? yeah, you're going, oh, uh, slow blinking. Anyway. Yes. Sometimes I can't, I can't, I'm guilty of thinking. Sometimes we, I'm guilty you're of guilty. falling asleep. You are. <laughs> you are guilty of thinking sometimes. Should we try and get a podcast sponsor for this show? I wonder who would sponsor it. Oh, interesting. I don't know. You mean a real one? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what I was saying before you pointed out that I'm getting a delivery was um, that I, you know, I'm looking to sell this scratch band that I created. And it's tough because it's a brand new thing. People don't know what it is. Yeah. So I got a lot. There's a lot of burden on my advertising to not just like try and get people to buy it, but to also explain why they might want it. And so I had a meeting with a um, potential um, company to help me with it, and they were like, "Yeah, you're way small time for us. We're not, we're not going to be able." They were very nice about it, but they said, "Well, you pretty much need to spend fifteen thousand dollars a month on advertising." Oh my goodness! Fifteen thousand dollars a month. Oof. And I thought like five hundred a month was ludicrous. <laughs> I was like, how come I'm not selling a billion of these, you know, advertising several hundred dollars a month? So you think about that. People are spending a lot of money on advertising. You potentially have an audience and maybe it's not that big, but maybe it's exactly the people they're trying to reach. Yeah. If there's a podcast out there that was just for people who want to stop touching their face, I would buy advertising with those folks. (laughs) Maybe I should. Maybe I should go look. So... Now can we talk about our favorite podcast? Or yes. Should I, should I go open my package while you, my? I'm, I'm s- ready. Okay. What are your What are some of your favorites that that you 
have listened to i have lots of favorites the favorite that i will always recommend to people mm-hmm. is a podcast called mission to zix oh you haven't recommended that to me i i have you totally ignore me when i give you recommendations That's for true. podcasts because you recommended that one about the like mountain or something or what was it great falls yeah great and i tried falls. to listen to it <laughs> that was that is also a really good podcast mm-hmm. um but before i redirect you so tell me more about this mission, what's it called again so let's i'll have a couple of things to say mission to zix mm-hmm. um zix is spelled with uh an x or a z now i need to actually look anyway it is definitely fictional mm-hmm. and it's a science fiction podcast with a cast of characters hmm. so there's uh there's acting talent there's great storytelling they also now have a really great uh, musical scores they've had the podcast scored which is really entertaining to listen to you um and what it really reminds me of if anybody is or has been a futurama fan the Mm. cast of characters is similar in a way to how futurama is set up the stories and the hmm. characters and the personalities are totally different, but it has that kind of feel hmm. to it, which okay. I really enjoy. And so if people like science fiction, that's the podcast that I'll definitely point people to first. Mm-hmm. The other podcast that I pointed you to was King Falls AM. Ah. And it's not running anymore. They've they've mm. since ended it, but it's mm. still interesting to listen to. It kind of has that mystery spooky new england woods kind of vibe Mm, to it mm -hmm. i just liked it because it was a familiar they did a good job um developing characters and telling a story Mm. and it just became like a familiar feeling that you would get normally like watching sitcoms Mm -hmm. except it was a good podcast oh and then there's a bunch of other stuff that i listen to but they it this is also how i end up getting my news and so Mm. Um, I listen, I have over a hundred podcast subscriptions and I just, that's what I'm doing while I'm working usually. Oh, yeah. Cool. How many, and you listen to all of them fairly regularly? The ones that are still running. Yeah. During Mm. the day I listen to news. Of course I listen to in the evenings, um, LeVar Burton reads. Oh. Cause he's still reading stories, but now he reads stories to adults. Oh, really? (laughs) All right. And then, yeah, there's like, um, mystery and folklore stuff that i'll listen to in the evenings and ali ward's ologies podcast which is a little bit more science-based but she's really a great science communicator and she talks to um ologists so if you're somebody that is you know a biologist or a neurologist or any kind of science-based individual working on a thing she'll interview them and she does a great job Mm. i'm actively adding LeVar Burton reads and Mission to Zix. Zix? Zix. Do you need me to spell Mission to Zix? No, I found it. Okay. I just, it's, I like when they're popular enough that you just type in Mission to and it's like, dude, this is what you want. Cool. <laughs> so, how about you? What are the podcasts you would recommend to people? Well, as I'm looking through my list, first of all, awesome job again on our graphic. That is super professional. <laughs> Thanks. Way more professional than my behavior on the show. <clears throat> So I love the In Stuff podcast. Uh, oh my gosh. I, the ones that I 
listen to most regularly are Car Talk, and they're just the show is off the air um, now. But that is my kind of Saturday getting chores done, and that's if if you're not familiar with Car Talk, super popular NPR radio show on for like a hundred years. Grew up <laughs> listening to it. Always just loved it. My daughter grew up listening to it. And it's just the two brothers giving auto repair advice and other stuff. And it's just fun. I enjoy it because they laugh so much and because it just reminds me that everybody has car problems, not just me. <laughs> I love that you need that reassurance occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Now, as someone who is learning a language, I, A, I love the Duolingo app for that. But Duolingo has a companion podcast, which is this incredible mix of both entertainment and language learning, um, like all, and, and just general like education all in one. It is incredible. Unfortunately, you know, it's only going to work if you're vaguely familiar with with the language because there's large sections of untranslated interview which language is do which language do they do the podcast in well i'm subscribing to the spanish one okay because i'm trying to learn spanish i don't know how many different languages they offer they have tons that you can learn in their app i don't know how many they're making podcasts out of but i have been blown away by the quality of the stories they're telling and then the fact that i'm like listening to and comprehending spanish at the same time so it's this wonderful combination of entertainment and education that I, I've never seen before. I've, you know, I've seen like, oh, like a great documentary. You're both learning about the subject matter and being entertained. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning about this subject matter and I'm being entertained and I'm learning Spanish at the same time. I've never gotten a threefer. <laughs> I've only gotten That's two. Funny. But the fact that I'm getting three benefits out of one podcast and... They they tend tend to do it uh, a sort of serial wise way too. So they have some incredible ones about a hu uh, you know amazing bank heist in you know South America and huh. all sorts of just really incredible historical stuff. So they're amazing. If you're trying to learn a language, definitely listen to that one. Of the uh, sort of general interest podcasts, I still listen to Radio Lab is the most dependably awesome. Yeah. And so when I am kind of in the mood for a just sort of general interest, I'll, I'll go with them. This American Life used to love, and then I kind of didn't like the direction that they went, so I've gotten a little bit away from that. Probably the funniest or weirdest one I've ever listened to is Hallmark Channel's Bubbly Sesh. What? So I think it was like... It was almost a year ago that I got into Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and I started getting other people into it too. Oh and then gosh. I started to want to know like more about these movies. And I thought there's got to be a podcast. <laughs> and that's what, on a trip back from Valdez, I started listening to Bubbly Sesh, which is these two women talking about Hallmark Christmas movies and like interviewing people who are in them. And I couldn't take much of it because they take it, they almost act like they're, actual documentaries not just fake it's very weird oh and they interviewed with one woman who was the star of one of these hallmark movies so you know 
which means she's a woman who somehow life is going, you know, okay, but she has failed to find love, you know, for whatever reason. She doesn't understand that she needs to find someone to be happy. Are these episodes not ironic? No. Oh. It's amazing. Okay. And they're interviewing her like she's actually went through this experience. Wait, and they're like, what? what was it like when you first kissed? And this woman is sort of like, she seems to almost be laughing it off. Like she understands from the tone of her voice, it seems like she understands that this is not really that big a deal. Like uh-huh. she was in this really like made for TV, cheesy Christmas movie, which is just like every other Hallmark Christmas movie. Right. But they are so like starstruck to be talking to her. Huh. So I, I could listen to a little bit of that one. <laughs> and I was like, somehow I'm still subscribed. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I can't take too much of this adoration of You're actually cringing while you're talking. Yeah, I'm literally cringing. But then it made me want to make my own podcast called Hall Bros, <laughs> which is male fans of Hallmark Christmas movies. So wait, so say the premise. Or do you not want to share it? So Hall Bros would be a podcast where I talk about Hallmark movies and but I would not be as adoring right. of them. I'd be talking about sort of some of the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of it and kind of making fun of them. Good. But it would also be funny. It kind of reminded me of bronies, male fans of My Little Pony. So <laughs> I did not, I, I eventually I decided that Hall Bros was probably not worth the effort. <laughs> you <laughs> would it definitely was a really, have a niche. It was definitely a funny thing to think about. And Hallmark movies are tremendously popular. So to have, yeah, exactly. You talk about niche. If you're a particular person who wants to talk about Hallmark movies, but not in such an adoring, like corporate approved way <laughs> that it's like, it's got the Hallmark stamp of approval. Oh geez. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. So those are some of my favorites. Um, and, but there's so many different ones. I'm surprised by the number of really popular podcasts that are so sort of like low budget and because I've looked like like this podcast with people are well that's what right encouraged now? me to make this podcast yeah. and makes me think like that my because normally I look at my stuff I'm like everything I make is terrible <laughs> but then I listen to other stuff people do and I'm like wow these are really terrible and they're really popular <laughs> you know so you know there's another podcast that I listen to that I found encouraging for this endeavor that we're on mm-hmm. and it's a podcast called and that's why we drink oh but it's their two co-hosts and they tell stories every week mm-hmm. and they do a really great job researching so one of the um, hosts does like um like a murder mystery hmm. kind of coverage of like this is a serial killer or this thing had happened mm-hmm. um, and so she does a really good job covering that story hmm. and it is real and then the other co-host does stories that are more like mystical like hmm. this is a ghost that now lives in this old building in vermont whatever something like that mm-hmm. that um is a little woo woo, but the way that they research <laughs> and tell stories is really entertaining and they just have really entertaining banter. And I think their chemistry is what really makes that podcast. So it's not necessarily that they have a great, they, their audio is good, but they, you know, it's not the production quality that makes that good. It's really the chemistry between the two individuals and the amount of time they put in mm-hmm. on research that makes it really good. 
And I think depending on how people decide to make a podcast really matters because there's not like one formula that's going to get you good results. No. It's really like the thing that you're interested in and how you decide to execute and a lot of other things. You know, it could suck, but still be good. Yeah. And there's a clearly a fair number of people, and I learned this with my AM radio show too, who just like voices around. Yeah. You know, they they want they like the sound of other people or whatever, and that's sort of what I assume like some of our listeners are about. They just like want to hear a couple people talking. <laughs> Why else would anyone be listening? Maybe they like <laughs> you know hearing a little bit about Alaska. Yeah. Maybe we say something interesting, but maybe they also just like like the sound of other people. There's a sense of community that I think may be feeling a void of of the community we're lacking now because people are still avoiding a lot of public exposure and and technology itself even outside of pandemics has made us uh, more compartmentalized so. you don't think people are joining to listen because of our engaging questions i don't think i have anything interesting to say anymore i thought i did we have good questions i thought so too there's so many but, things i have questions about yeah <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to bring up? I, there are so podcasts? many other things, but I'm not going to read a list of my favorite podcasts. Oh, right. That's yeah. terrible. But, hit, but we can the include them ones. in the show notes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, anything that blew you away in the last week? Yes. I came across an article this week where they were sharing a new technological breakthrough. They mm. have these ultra compact cameras that they have developed hmm. that are the size of a grain of salt. They're tiny, 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 and Uh-oh. they take surprisingly good images. What? Yes. So it is a brand new technology. It's really amazing. Hmm. It turns out that if they can scale this technology up, you don't need to have a single lens camera anymore. You can have a camera that sits inside of a high resolution display and does the job that our cameras do now, only you wouldn't need three or four separate cameras on your device to take the pictures you could just have that one what display or that one camera uh-oh because this you know i was talking my with my daughter the other day i was like why do people think there's like a microchip inside the vaccine because if bill gates could make a microchip that small why does his laptop still weigh eight pounds but now tiny things can be made well, I'm 100% sure now you want to read this article. Okay. Well, thank you for bringing that up and sharing that link. Sure. And I definitely want to hear about it. That creeps me out, though. <laughs> well, mine is way more old school, and mine was learning that gunpowder was discovered by Chinese Taoist? Taoist? Taoist. Taoist? Taoist. Taoist. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's one of those words. I can't. I still can't say, what's the name of that dog that... Dotson. Dachshund. A dachshund? Yeah. Isn't one of those dogs... That, like, one is a car name... and one is a dog. I know there's a dot. There's a couple words out there that I'm still like, how do you say that? A dachshund. Yeah. Um, cantaloupe is one I always have to pause before I say too because it looks like cantaloupe. Anyway, You've been Taoist. studying Spanish too long. <laughs> I had to read cantaloupe a lot when I was on the radio because I'd have to read the school lunch menu. And they were always oh. having cantaloupe. And I was like, they're having spaghetti and... <clears throat> Cantaloupe. <laughs> Not cantaloupe. <laughs> Thank you. Taoist monks searching for 
the elixir of immortality. Really? I thought that was really ironic. You could really blow off your finger or that live forever. In the search for <laughs> the elixir of immortality, they discovered gunpowder. That's awesome. And thus led to a ton of mortality. Oh, God. That's so that's careful okay. what you look for. It wasn't funny. I was not laughing at that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, now we have to talk about what we're going to talk about next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, you're making have, a face. Well, I, I, I honestly want to run this by because I don't have anything that I'm super married to. Okay. But I've been seeing some interesting videos about people who were um, pulled into conspiracy theories by technology. I wonder oh. if you want to talk about technology's role in drawing people into conspiracy theories. Is that too big or scary of a topic? No, I, I'm curious to put, so I'm having a hard time putting things into this container. So I'm curious to actually do that. Mm -hmm. There's a few examples, but I'm sure there's more and it's, they're just not all coalescing in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be kind of a combination of both the technology and how AI suggests more of what you found and mm -hmm. therefore can send you into that. But also the mental state people are in, again, people being compartmentalized and cut off from a lot of socializing. And then people's own personal position too. Like, you know, if you're some people who are in a rough position in life, can be more susceptible but yet people who are totally doing fine get pulled into it as well so that's that's one idea but okay. i'm open to other suggestions is there uh anything else you would suggest i know it's my week to pick something but i uh i didn't come with anything in my head so yeah, right. i don't have anything off the top of my head okay well if something more fun comes to mind than that <laughs> Technology's role in conspiracy, de the development and adoption of conspiracies isn't fun. Well, it's a little dark, but I think dark. it would be good to know more about. And I mean, we, we already understand some of the basics, but what what else is going on that is it just AI suggesting, you know, you click on one video and you get a million more? No. What else is going on then? It's got to be more. There is. What is it? Do you know? I'm not going to answer. This is this is the hook for next episode. That's for next time. Okay. Yes. All right. And maybe I'd be interested too to know like what what to watch out for. Is there a way that you can kind of nip this in the bud with someone before it gets too far off? Well, that's an interesting question. Or you know catch it early, um, especially. But you know with some with adults, what can you do? You know. How can you identify when it's happening? Is there anything you can do about it early before they get so deep into it that they don't trust anyone but the That group? assumes that this individual, this hypothetical individual, actually has a network of people. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. I, I happened to watch a video today about someone who had a network, had a family, and gave it all up. Wow. And uh, so, anyway, it just... It's interesting to me, and where does this lead? Is there a way out? Or is this sort of like 
the beginning of society circling the bowl. I really feel like this is a continuation of the conversations that people have been having about cults and propaganda oh, yeah. and yeah. all of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to explore further how technology facilitates some of this. Yeah, good. So you're on board? I, yeah, I already said I was. Nice. <laughs> I needed to wrap this conversation up. Oh, so. oh, we're ending. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Kristen, thanks so much <laughs> for making it here on this dark but toasty warm Monday. Thanks, Rob. We are just a few weeks away from the sun starting to come back. Can't wait. December 21st. All right. Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the In Stuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights True Stories from Alaska wherever you get your podcasts or at darkwinternights.com. The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now... Scratchband's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick, and join the evolution. Scratchband. More information at scratchband.life.